0: Welcome to the Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Dow of Our Understanding. Let's go with the Dow of Our Misunderstanding Recovery Podcast because it really is about our misunderstanding. I just have to give up my need to know. And what I see in Taoist thought, we're not Taoist. Also, something I've been meaning to mention, you can be a Christian and study the Tao Te Ching too. It's okay. You're not going to lose your Jesus card if you start studying the Tao Te Ching. You don't have to turn it in, I promise. You don't have to turn in your Jesus card. (laughs) You like that, Dennis? Yeah, I like that too. Now your ideas of Jesus may change as you study this, but you don't have to turn your card in. You don't have to denounce Christ and all that, all those things. You don't have to become a heretic because what we see in the Tao Te Ching are principles to live by that were ancient 2,500 years ago, and they so well blend with what we learn about modern day spirituality and recovery. And if you practice 12 step in recovery, this idea of the higher power that really is imposed upon us from the very beginning of our first 12 step meeting. I don't know if y'all felt that way, but I did. All I saw on the wall was God. That's all I saw. I didn't see anything else. I just saw God a million times on the wall, but I don't, as time went on, I realized God wasn't there as much as what I thought he was. It was really about my surrender, not what I believed or not what I thought. It was about me learning to let go. The difference between Taoist thought that I'm seeing, and if you study Zen, for example, some of us study as well, the Tao Te Ching gives us practical examples of how-to, a lot of how-to in ways that are easy to un- fairly easy to understand if we're open-minded. That's what I think of what we're looking at here. And If you're new to the podcast, you can go to buddyseed.org and there's a lot of resources there. Look under the resources tab. There's also a bookstore there that has a lot of the books that we use, if not all of them and some more, if that's something that helps. There's also a daily Dow devotion that you can sign up for that I'm writing. Some of those sound like fortune cookies still, but some of them are good. Eventually, I will get those written through and publish those in a daily devotional book like a daily reflections type book, but that's down the road. I'm going to work on those for a while longer before I publish my uh, thought at the moment. So let's get started. We're talking about the 15th verse of the Tao Te Ching. Any comments before we get started? Comments on what I've already blurted out? Okay, what translations do you guys have that you'd like to read oh i also put a link in the episode notes to an online version of the dao de ching where you can read i don't know what they have 10 or 11 different translations and that's what we use as we study for the most part it has Stephen mitchell mcdonald hogan Dai Fu feng and several others i think it's got Derek lynn in there as well There's a number of different translations there. No, it does not have Derek Lynn. Yes, it does. Derek Lynn and several more. Who would like to begin with a translation?
1: I've got Stephen Mitchell's.
2: Okay, Drew.
1: (laughs) The ancient masters were profound and subtle. Their wisdom was unfathomable. There's no way to describe it. All we can describe is their appearance. They were careful as someone crossing an iced-over stream. Alert as a warrior in enemy territory. courteous as a guest. Fluid as melting ice. Shapable as a block of wood. Receptive as a valley. Clear as a glass of water. Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself? The Master doesn't seek fulfillment. Not seeking, not expecting, she is present and can welcome all things.
0: It's powerful. Thank you. Any comments on that, Drew?
1: No, just lots of great metaphors in there, great visuals. That second stanza, alert as a warrior, courteous as a guest, fluid as melting ice, shapeable as a block of wood, receptive as a valley, clear as a glass of water and then waiting until your mud settles and the water is clear. I'm, I like all those phrases that I can visualize. That Yeah. Kind of kind of gets me gets me thinking about it a little bit more.
0: Yeah, we'll go through each of those one by one before we're done. Brian, you have a translation for
3: us? Yeah, I've got the uh, Jeff Pepper which is uh, Da De Ching in clear English. Says uh, The ancient masters were subtle, deep, and mysterious. We can't understand their mysterious depths. We can't understand them, but we must try to describe them. Cautious as if crossing a winter stream. Watchful as if afraid of threats from all sides. Respectful like a visiting guest. Yielding like the breakup of winter ice. Simple and honest like an uncarved block. Wide and open like a valley, murky like muddy water. Who can take muddy water and though and through stillness make it clear? Who can take what is tranquil and through movement bring it to life? Maintain the Tao and you won't want and you won't want to be full. If you're not full, there is no need to be renewed.
0: What was that second to the last line?
3: Uh, let's yeah maintain the Tao You want to be full just before that. Who can take what is tranquil and though movement bring it and through movement bring it to life?
0: Yeah, huh. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else?
3: To me, that that speaks to to being in the present.
0: Yeah, that idea. Of through stillness, we make it clear. That seems to be a thread as well. Mm-hmm. Like the muddy water. Oh, hey, Tina, I didn't say hello to everyone this morning. Good to have you, dear. That that idea that, and we've heard it said other ways, can we let the mud settle till the right answer appears by itself? Dennis?
4: Yes, I, I really it read here so for me the the first stanza is, is just like what we talk about all the time that we cannot talk and understand it all right this is beyond comprehension of the human mind whenever we, we 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 enter the spiritual thing you cannot explain God you cannot explain Tao so that's why we can only describe it which leads me to the second stanza where the were it's described and the way I see that is simply that when they're describing the masters like that in the second stanza, it's it describes the ability to be present, just to be. And that's amazing with all the, there's the alertness I see. Like in, in Stephen Mitchell, it says, alert as the warrior in enemy territory. But you can also just be alert for watching your thoughts. It doesn't necessarily has to be that it's an outside thing that that you're alert for, right? And then in the third stance, it says, "Do you have the patience to, <laughs> to just be, right?" I, I think you start off the meeting saying the Tao of our misunderstanding, and I love that. I love that. I love when we say the God of our misunderstanding, because we think we know all the time, right? And but it's it has nothing to do with knowledge. <laughs> That's the good part of it. Um and then it ends off with the master doesn't seek fulfillment. He doesn't have to, he's already there. And that might be where it blends into to the sin uh, teachings a little bit. Um that, that it all is is what it's supposed to be right here and now. Um she's present and can welcome all things, even the bad things, right? If I don't if it doesn't work out my way, I, I get frustrated. I still do. <laughs> um um, I'm getting better at, at putting those pages into practice. What is it? 84 to 88, right? where I learned to halt and just, okay, this is what I need to go through. And, um, and that's it. So that was the thoughts on it. It's very beautiful. I like it.
0: Let's go back to the, thank you, Dennis. Let's go back to that first stanza. I want to pick this apart. Some y'all interrupt me when you have something, there's no way to describe it. All we can do is describe the appearance. The the strawberry metaphor. I can't describe to you how a strawberry tastes. I I can talk about it, but you have to experience it. I can't in in words put exactly what a strawberry tastes like. That feeling, the whole, you know what I'm talking about. We just got to taste one. (laughs) That's the idea I get here. And isn't that the same thing with all spirituality? We we have all kinds of other phrases that talk about that, that the words are the finger pointing at the moon. The words are not the gift. The gift is what's in between the words, right? It's that whole idea. That's why in recovery, we talk about our experience. We don't talk about our knowledge we talk about what happened to us. That's the description. That's the finger pointing at the moon. He said, hey, it's not important that I've been sober fifteen years. What's important is how I've been sober for fifteen years. <laughs> That's what's important. That's why when somebody I get so much out of a newcomer sometimes, I hear things that help me at my phase of recovery that i may be able to hear oh i understand that yes i needed to hear that that helps me surrender in another little part of life that i had still been trying to fill myself
4: that's that it, it's so good and now when you're you're now when you're mentioning recovery but let me refer to powerless but not helpless on the first stanza on verse 30, 15 there, it says, we do not have adequate words to describe the way of sobriety. We can only describe its appearance. And that's our experience, our the, the appearance of those, right? And then you connect to those people that you relate to. And then that's that's the beautiful thing. It's like the
0: when Jesus talked about a light on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, our experience in recovery is the light. It's not our uh, feeble understanding. How many of you guys, when you first got into recovery and now all of my ideas about everything has shifted so much and continue to shift, the way I understood it was irrelevant because it continues to change. What's relevant is how I've stayed sober.
4: I hear that a lot from a lot of people. They never, those people that stays in recovery for a long time is that it's not the same. My idea of, of God or whatever that thing is, it's not the same as when I got in here. And I tend to see that's where people seem more comfortable in, in, in living a sober life, is when you continue to stay open minded and I keep seeking. That's how it changes at that all. That's interesting because that's probably that thing that the, the, the Tao thing and, and that thing there is, that is probably the only thing that is unchangeable in a way that, that godly thing or spiritual, whatever it is. So people call it Tao, God, uh, uh, the Big Bang, whatever it is. That is the only, non-changing thing yet it cannot be described so it, it, it's so interesting to me and it's see already now when we're talking about it i, I lose it's hard to to stay focused on it I, I really lose focus on it because it's just undescribable but everlasting
0: <laughs> but that's all we have to talk about is Or words to use for this. So they're going to be incomplete. Mm. They're going to be incomplete. The way we experience is through surrender and allowing compassion into our lives. Compassion toward others and in return, compassion toward ourselves, And approaching situations from how can we be helpful rather than how can I get what I think I need out of you. That's the shift. Okay. Careful as someone crossing an iced over stream. If you guys ever, I'm sure you have at some point in life, maybe crossed an icy stream, an iced over or an iced over pond or what whatever the case. Man, you just with every step, you have to, you're cautious. And you by no means think you have this figured out. And I remember when I was a kid, at times I just wanted to take off and run. (laughs) So maybe I can make it to the other side and just run as hard as I could. Usually that was not the right answer. Usually it was just careful, slow steps, (laughs) careful, slow, really being vulnerable because I am vulnerable. You're vulnerable in that position.
4: I only did that once, buddy, but that was probably because I fell through the ice, right, immediately and, and yeah. stand to to waste deep water. So I, <laughs> that was enough for me.
0: Yeah, but it, it's that attitude, right? He's talking about an attitude. Like a vulnerable, an attitude of vulnerableness.
4: That's, a war. Do what? No, that's actually pretty good vulnerable. I think that's, and especially coming from a recovery point of view, it's very important for me to be vulnerable enough to talk about what's going on with me and and also being open towards others, right? That, that is, that's a good metaphor to use it like, like that, being vulnerable in, in your life is important. Uh, well, we talk, especially for men, we're taught to not show emotions and all that right? and not be vulnerable. That kind of flips the script 180 degrees for me. However, that's the way I I seem to grow better.
0: I I was talking to a sponsee this week that had a situation at work that he should have caught that this product was not what his customer would want. And instead of stopping and calling the customer, he went ahead and finished the job. Then the customer wasn't happy with it. And I said, so what's your part? He said, hmm. I said, should you have called the customer? I knew to, I just didn't do it. I said, for me, to get relief in a situation like that, I have to be vulnerable and honest and say, Hey, this is what I should have done. This is what I didn't do. How can I make this right? That honesty and vulnerableness. I had a situation not long ago where I was supposed to speak on a podcast. I had been booked for months and months. They booked way out. I planned for it that morning, was ready. I went and played pickleball and totally, absolutely spaced. (laughs) Did not remember it was happening. So when I realized it, I was at the court, right? I was like, oh, shit. Oh. So I made something up. I lied (laughs) because I, I just felt pressured. And, and I, I forget what I said, but it was some, deflected in some way. I, I forget. It wasn't on my schedule. It some, was something that I just deflected because I just felt so pressured, you know. So I went the other direction. And then when I got home, I said, I've got to fess up. So I fessed up. <laughs> and the guy said, I'm really glad that you forgot it. We had the most incredible conversation in the group that we wouldn't have had otherwise. And it was a situation where I think I forgot on purpose and it made me look bad, but yet it was what they needed. I don't understand how all that works, but I know the other dynamic in that is that I had to be honest with the guy I said, look, I just forgot. I'm sorry. What can I do here? And I finally What would have been best was in the very beginning I did that, (laughs) but I had to suffer for a little while before I could be honest about it. But that vulnerability is what brought relief. It wasn't me doubling down on protecting me. (laughs) It was me being vulnerable. Is that not the case with an icy stream or a warrior in... Enemy territory is very alert. How does a guest? I, th- I relate more out of any of those to the guest example. Can you be a guest in your own life? Can you treat your life as if you're a guest in your life? If I have a, if I'm a guest in someone's house, and something negative is how, ha- or they get in a fight, or there's something happening. Do I get involved? <laughs> no, I step back and keep my space. You see the difference in being a guest and then being the director?
4: That's good. It's like being the observer at the same time. Yes. Like you were drawing from thoughts, but you were drawing from the thoughts that you were attached to. And that's the beginning of, of how. We unravel our little ego and how much we, the ego, like you mentioned before, is trying to protect itself all, all the time. Yes. So can you withdraw from that and be vulnerable enough to see, hey, this is just what it is and this is what it's supposed to be. And this is my next course of action because I'm being selfish here. And, and how can I how can I correct that? Right. Yes. That so that is so good. I like the guest thing. That's be a guest in your own life. What a wonderful thing. You don't have to participate in any argument with others. For me, these these three, the crossing iced over
1: stream, the warrior in enemy territory, courteous as a guest, what I get out of those is getting out of habitual behaviors. Because I've never crossed over an iced over stream. But I've walked on icy sidewalks. That's about as close as I've ever gotten. Walking is habitual. You just walk. You don't think about it. You just do it. You know, when I've been on icy sidewalks, my my focus is on my steps. I'm not walking habitually anymore. I'm actually focused on where my heel lands, where my toes land, where I'm picking up, where, you know, where the weight in my body is, where my balance is at the moment. In the moment, right? In the Mm -hmm. moment. Yeah, if any wind is blowing, if anybody's coming my direction, just very present. And a warrior in enemy territory would be doing the same thing. If he's in his own territory, he's probably doing habitual behaviors, things that he does every day without thinking about it. But in enemy territory, those habits are gone, and the warrior is very present and not engaging in the behaviors he usually does. Cartius is a guest, same thing. When I'm in my house, I'm engaging in habitual patterns all the time. Um, without even thinking about it. But when I'm in somebody else's house, I'm much more present. And being in somebody else's house, I'm, I'm much more present. Like Buddy was saying, if if something happens in their house, I step back and ask if I can help, if they need help, or just offer it if I can, or just go into another room, go into the backyard, play with the dog or something but courteous as a guest i can also see that as i am a guest in my own house really this house isn't me it's it'll hopefully be here after i'm gone hopefully nothing happens to it while i'm here but being a guest on earth being a guest in the universe we're all just passing through so those three to me tie together in that way just being present, stepping out of habitual behavior.
5: Thanks, Drew. Anyone else? Buddy, it reminds me of the opposite from so-called masters, uh, people that struck their recovery or the divas or the monk on the mountain kind of a thing. We're talking about people who have mastered it and if they're on a crossing, a I see... River or a dangerous situation, they're going to be cautious, common sense. If you're around people that might be a threat to you, you lay a little bit low and not um, bring attention to yourself. It's um, clear and it's opposite of those that kind of bragging about things or are so aloof that they're not paying attention to everyday difficulties or everyday hazards and those kinds of things so it's that it's part of the vulnerability part of being present but it's also part of just being a an animal that goes with its nature according to the circumstances
0: thanks lou reminds me of one of the zen books i forget which one when the master students would come to what would you have me do? He says, I want you to sit for 10 years. So they meditated for 10 years and they didn't meditate all day other than in specific times. They'd meditate four hours in the morning and then they would have all their duties they had to do. So it's not like they sat from 2 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day of their life. So it's not that. But they did have times when they did that for a week at a time and a few days at a time, different things. But for ten years they practiced. And then they would come and say, What do you what would you have me to do at this point? He said, sit ten more years. And so they'd sit ten more years. Then they'd go talk to him and say, Now, sit ten more years. Because they didn't tell him, I want you to sit 30 years up front because no one would do that. <laughs> but ten years at a time, ten years wouldn't be palatable to me. Maybe they'd need to tell me sit for a week or something. but and then after 30 years, you may be able to start seeing a little of what's really going on after 30 years of sitting. So that, that's the idea here. I, I see those first few as slowing us down. That walking, if I'm walking on an icy sidewalk and I don't slow down, I'm going to learn really quick that I've got to slow down bust my ass once i do i am much more careful fluid is melting ice man i am not going to sit and watch ice melt it's that idea of losing your impatience i think just that be still and know that i am god be still and know be still then you can be then it's
4: Oh, what you touched on there. And you, you probably remember this too, another story about the master and the apprentice. Um, the apprentice is eager for knowledge in, in this sin, right? And he was keep asking the master. So what do we do next? And they're about to eat lunch and he was so just eat your lunch. And he was just so eager to eat his lunch. He ate it so fast. So he could, could ask questions. What can I get next to, to reach the next level of meditation? How do I do this? And he, each question just developed another question and he would go into it. And when he was done eating, he says, so now what, Master? Master? Oh, go wash your bowl. And that was the only answer he had to so just slow down. You, you're exactly where you need to be and just relax, where we want the knowledge here and now to figure out everything. right? That was what, what it reminded me of.
0: There's a... Slow and steady, yeah. Does- a block of wood have any control over what it is made into? Shapeable as a block of wood. That's where you're moving toward with this. That vulnerability we've been talking about, we're moving toward a, sur- a place of surrender, really. You don't come up and say, oh, I'm going to take this block of wood and make it into, I don't know, a vase or... Even if I'm going to cut it up for firewood, the block to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. now let's talk about what we're going to do here. I don't really like that. I want another plant. No, the block of wood doesn't do that. (laughs) The block of wood can be made into anything that the master so desires. It's not up to the block of wood. And that's, I think, where we're heading with our life is moving to a place that we're okay with whatever comes our way. And that's the, for me, I have moved from everything is as it should be to everything's just as it is. Because that way I'm not thinking about reward or punishment Or any of those other things I can add to the current situation. Well, this situation is bad. Oh, karma. Same thing. The way people throw that word around. Yeah, I'm just uh, learning that things are just as they are. That's what Byron Katie says, that God's what is. Okay. I can see that because it's pointing us to the moment. Receptive as a valley. Does the valley have any control over how much rain or what crops are planted? The valley, we might like the mountaintop, but the valley is where we live. We don't get our sustenance from the mountaintop. We get our sustenance from the valley. We don't think about that very much. That's where the fertile ground is, that's where everything's grown. It's not on the mountaintop. It's where water's found. We don't find much water on the mountaintop. Might be pretty, but we can't live there. Then they move to the glass of water. That patience to just sit and let the water settle. If I'm letting water settle, my job is to leave it alone. Be still. And then the right answer shows by itself.
2: This reminds me of a book and the uh, author escapes me, but I used to read it to my preschoolers uh, and it's called Peaceful Piggies. And I would take this jar and we'd put in their thoughts and their worries, whether it be a gold star, confetti and and glitter and rocks and mud, and then we would shake it. And talk about those thoughts in our brain and then just let it settle. And while you let it settle, you're just sitting and breathing and meditating. It's a little introduction to that. And the jar is so pretty at the end when we realize how clear the top is and how everything settles. And it's a really good way to visually teach that and how pretty. And it says how pretty that. And out of that stillness, life arises. And that's where you can really see how pretty it is. Otherwise, it's all mucked up and muddy. And But it was a great, simple way. So if you want to add peaceful piggies to your book recommendations, I'll find out the author.
0: I will do that. Thank you, Tina. <laughs> peaceful piggies. Okay. I have it. Anything else about those analogies? I to, if When we're done with those, I want to move to that last stanza. But we're in no rush.
1: To me the mud settling and water wait until the water is clear that that's the goal of meditation and mindfulness <clears throat> practice for me is and and that's for me the best way to visualize it is just allowing all the mud all the stuff that's been roiled up by my thoughts by my you know worries and fears and resentments and everything when I get into those thought loops and thought patterns, the mud in my mind is definitely all roiled up and it's like a river where you can't see an inch into it just because there's so much dirt and muck moving about. But being present and meditating and doing mindfulness practices helps that helps all of that settle down to the bottom and allow the the water to clear up so I can see further and have a better grasp on what reality actually is.
0: The operative word there, Drew, being allow. When I start to get in a confrontation of some type, I know before I'm there. I know it's coming. I can see it. I can see that big light. (laughs) Like the train coming toward me. It's coming. At that point, I have a choice. Am I going to stir this shit up and keep it stirred, or am I going to allow? Am I going to step back? What a good analogy with the muddy water. I don't know how long it's going to take for it to settle, but my job's the same. Am I allowing it to settle? Can I let this situation just work out in front of me without me stirring it? I have a work situation where I've been doing some work for a guy and he promised me all of this work, but he's not held up his part of the bargain. And it bothers me that he's not done what he said. I want to call him on this, right? But yet, when I look at it, if I were getting everything he said, I wouldn't have the time to do the other things that I need to be doing. So it's exactly what I need, but yet I don't like it because (laughs) he hasn't done what he said he would do. It's odd, and I have had to work very hard to allow that situation just to work through. And I'm getting, if I were getting all the work, I, I just wouldn't have time for these other things. And I'm like, wow, I really am getting exactly what I need this guy being untruthful is being used in really what I really need. And he'll say, oh, yeah, and I I have to ignore it. Matter of fact, I did something very kind for him this week that, that I didn't have to do when I wanted to do the opposite and tell him to stick the whole thing up his ass and blah, 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 blah. I wanted to just go off on him. And same way with that podcast interview where a negative was used in someone else's what a perceived negative in my life was used as a positive in someone else's
4: actually since now when we don't have amy here anymore what you just touched on there i want to touch on that from the big book On the bottom of page 87, it says that as we go through the day we pause, when agitated or doubtful, and ask for the right thought or action, or we observe it, right, we can sit with it. We constantly remind ourselves that we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, I will be done, I'm going with the flow. I added that part. We're then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily. For when we're not burning up energy foolishly, as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves, it works. It really does.
0: Thank I you, help. Dennis. That was good. Thank you, sir.
3: Dennis, where was that at? I've I, I heard that many times. What page?
4: The last the last paragraph of page 87 and then the end of that.
3: Yeah. Chart. Yeah. Yeah. 86, 87. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah thank you, buddy. It, it, it's funny. You mentioned the the situation with your work, I then I was laying there really early this morning, thinking about a large project that, that I've got a quote. and I've got a stack of drawings that I'm going to look at this weekend. And immediately I'm thinking about, man, this would be so good to get this job. I can, Just drill down and just knock this out. And realistically, I feel I I really need an extra week on this. And so I'm, and I do have some concern that this extra week of lead time that I'm going to ask for, having that little bit of margin is possibly going to put me out of the running for this, but it's, I need to be okay with that. Because for this project came in, I was okay. And so I don't need to just, I, I need to be okay with asking for five weeks and say, I'm going to do my best to have it in four or maybe even quicker. But it could be long as five because I realize that, that I don't do well when I start drilling down. I start making mistakes and then the rail cars start piling up one after another. and. So that's really given me some clarity going into the weekend, knowing that I've got the, that I need to make a decision on this. So
0: thanks, Brian. Good. Anyone else?
2: Buddy, the, I'm, maybe you've talked about it before, but I couldn't help but think of the 30 years meditation and how we didn't tell him right up front Reminded me of the one hour at a time and the one day at a time. Because if somebody were to say you're going to be sober for the rest of your life starting today, that's overwhelming, but I could relate to that. And sometimes even still, I just say, okay, just for today, just I'm going to not drink just for today. And sometimes I have to say that when my mind starts to play tricks on me, I wanted to tell, I think, Dennis, are you in Italy? Is that where you're
4: at? That will be Italy, Cartersville, um, Georgia. No, it might be my accent that's fooling with you. Okay. I'm not in Italy. I'm in, in Georgia.
2: We are heading to Italy next week and it's through, it's through like a, a customer takes their top 20 customers to Italy as a thank you every two years. And so we've been on, I've been on this trip before, but we visit vineyards, there's gonna be clinking wine glasses, mm-hmm. and that was my thing. But I've done it sober before, so I have confidence in myself. But I I I have to go back to just for this hour. And I know that with myself. I've been in recovery since twenty fourteen and I'm still nervous, but it's I'm crossing that. I see river. I have to be that diligent. I can't think this would be no problem. I've done it before, or I've been here long enough. I can't think that way. And I think my higher power, I, I allow that healthy fear and I have to watch it that it doesn't get unhealthy, but where I obsess over it because I have OCD and I can do that if I start to overfocus. But I'm going to be taking it one hour at a time. There's really not any AA meetings in Italy I've checked. There's a, a few. Not like when I've been in other countries where they have plenty. But um, so that was that's what made me think of that and apply it to my life. And also, buddy, I think that if you ever do your own um, your own interpretation of the Tao, you have to put in that line, once I bust my ass, I'm more careful. Because I think that's, that's like the perfect... It's so true. And I have busted my ass in in sobriety before. And I know how it feels. And it is horrible. And I have to keep remembering that too. But I also thought that I love that when we do the letting things settle, how things become, and it's funny how they say the water becomes crystal clear, but things become more clear. And what I also wanted to say was we need that longevity. I need the longevity of sitting and letting that mud settle and the sparkle settle and all my thoughts settle. Because if I pick up that jar and want to check on it again, I'm disrupting it. I know that I need a chunk of time to myself to let all that stuff settle. And if I don't take it, I'm running around with that murky brain, with that stuff all flowing around my head. And that actually, I needed to hear that this morning because I'm packing, I'm preparing, I'm making sure we have dog food and all this stuff. And if I don't stop and let my brain settle, like I've done here with you um, guys this morning, it is, it is just adding more chaos on top of more chaos. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. And um, I wanted to say that If you guys are praying, people throw an extra prayer in me, uh, throw an extra prayer for me next week because I am a little nervous, but uh, I think it's a healthy, it's a healthy thing. With that, I'll pass.
4: Thank you, Tina. Thank you. Anyone else? I was just thinking on on, on my experience with that. It sounds like if you're, if if you used to be a wine drinker and go into Italy, it, it can sound for me a little bit like if you're a booze drinker and camping out in a liquor store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how it sounds like. So I, I feel that. And, and my, my experience is when I go towards that, I dis- I can distract my brain. That means that I can go look at beautiful churches. So I can go away from those things. That That's my my experience to deal with. with. Because I, I used to be a big romanticizer and a big wine drinker, too. Love that. And and, and been to Italy uh, once, want to go again. So uh, I was just thinking that's my, I would try to take my mind off of it by looking at the beautiful architecture or something there's like there. And if I am in social settings, always make sure that I can leave all those things we learned from the rooms. That's really something that helps with that. I, I, that just came to mind. Uh But again, that, that's only my experience. I don't have any advice because that's, yeah. I, I get it. I'm there with you. I feel it. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Dennis. That helps a lot.
1: Thank you, Dennis. Yeah, Tina, I went through that experience last week, actually. big group of friends and I, friends from childhood, since we were seven years old, and their partners, my partner, some of their friends who I've never met before, we all rented a big house for a week up in Hot Springs, Arkansas beautiful place and my partner and I are the only ones who don't drink or smoke pot everybody else does and they they went at it all week morning to night waking up to go into bed every hour in between and there were several instances where i was just walking through the house usually in the morning when people were asleep Walking in the house, yeah, exactly, and uh, here's a pipe and some pot next to it, just like a you know old after school special, and that's really my vice, and it, just seeing it there by myself, nobody would have known, nobody would have cared. I just had to look at it and say oh i gotta I gotta make breakfast right now." Not going to be doing that well i've I'm, I'm going to a museum with with my partner and that wouldn't be the best idea to do that before going to a museum like dennis was saying had to do a lot of excursions with my partner um which were great we we did several things throughout the week by ourselves and loved it and had a great time and Wished our friends could have come with us, but they stayed behind at the house and did their thing. None of us judged each other for what we were doing or not doing. And they all totally respect me and my decisions. They never offered me anything ever at all because they know I've been open with them about where I am, which makes me really thankful that they are my friends because uh, we can all do that and be open and honest with each other and respect each other and I, I never asked anybody to put anything away. they never asked me to have some, which was great I it doesn't sound like you you have those relationships you know with the other people you're going with you may know them all really well if you do then I, I might be a little open with them about about where you are so nobody tries to push wine on you or make fun of you or just joking, that sort of thing, if you have that relationship. But if not, like Dennis was saying, finding other things to do, even if it's going to the vineyard with them, but stepping away and going to look at the flowers that you've never seen before, these interesting bugs or architecture, the buildings, all that. Those were things that we did last week just step away from it and notice the things that are around you get get a little bit away from the situation if you can
0: I didn't even know folks still smoke I thought they all did edibles and or vaped or Oh, they do everything. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> because my friends they would uh, use gummies or something but it, they said it'd take a couple of hours for it to take effect so they didn't really like that it took so long
4: mm-hmm. and
0: so they would vape first and then they'd do edibles mm-hmm. and on top of that so i don't know okay it's good that you found a a way to do that drew before we close we're coming up on the hour been a great conversation like a lot of these they close with the real meat of what we're looking for. The master does not seek fulfillment, which is the opposite of what I'm doing all the time. It's not everything that I am doing is seeking fulfillment. When I think about it so much of what, how can I be happy? What can make my life better? A lot of that is seeking fulfillment. Now, instead, the master, instead of seeking Instead of expectations, the master is present and can welcome all things. Man, sometimes I am so far from that. I am not a welcoming person when it's not something that I like. (laughs) Oh, come on in. Death, come on in. Yeah, you welcome, welcome. Not even just allowing, welcoming. There's a difference between allowing something and welcoming it, isn't it?
4: Think about it. Yeah, when you're allowing something, you're still in control. But welcoming, it's more like letting go, isn't it? I'm welcoming, isn't that it? Am I- when when yeah. I'm thinking about it,
0: Dennis, I'm thinking about allowing would be permitting. I'm permitting this to happen, but that doesn't mean I'm. I'm just.
4: That's the allowing. meeting with anxiety, aren't you?
0: I'm I'm already anxious
4: right now, but I don't like it. (laughs) Yes. It's like the little
0: kid that his dad got on him and said, sit your ass down. You're going to sit in that chair. Don't stand up. And he sat down. He said, Daddy, I'm, I say, how do you say it? I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Man, I stand on the inside, also the time. I'm doing it, but I don't like it. That's like funny. with this, go ahead, Lou.
5: No, I said that's funny, but it's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing with this this guy I'm working for. Man, I'm sitting on the outside, but in the inside, I am screaming every time I have I talk to him. Because I do not, I want to call him on his shit, and it's not my place. Uh, be counter counterproductive, Tina.
2: Thanks, buddy, for that. That is that was that is the best. I'm that's the way to put it. I'm always standing on the inside when I'm told to sit down, man, and that's <laughs> exhausting. Fighting what is? Right? Yes, yes. Um, I wanted to tell Brian, T. Um, when you're when you said going into the weekend and worrying about this situation and I know because my husband runs a shop and he is the lead time and in trying to figure all that out and have it even out at the end of the month is difficult but he it it reminded me of and I know this is a little bit of a different situation but last time we were out of town I couldn't find a dog sitter and that's a stressful thing when your dog's your baby But I remember stressing about it so hard one night and I was at a basketball game, one of my kids' games. And I thought, Tina, you are you need to be focusing here. You're worrying about something you can't solve until tomorrow. And I know it sounds so simple, but I said, oh, there will be an answer. It's like the, I always say from Neil Donald Walsh that he says your problems have already been solved for you. So act accordingly. And I remember that night. And if I can do it starting with the small things, I can maybe do it with the bigger things. But I said, I'm going to put that on the shelf. And I'm not going to worry about it till tomorrow as, al- as if I almost scheduled it. Like that I'm not doing right now. And I couldn't believe how well it worked. And I've done it a couple times since then. But you have to be, you have to start it for me. I had to start it with the small stuff. And remembering that my problems have already been solved for me, and then the also I don't care what happens if you can have that attitude, but that's a really hard, but I have to start it with the smaller things, even though it was a big thing to me, I knew it would be solved. but try to give yourself a break from that because we need that time right. to let all that stuff settle. but I was right. feeling that when you were talking.
0: Thank you. yeah, thank you, yeah. Tina. When we can. Keep our stress or what we're concerned about in today. I, I remember when my son was sick, I was thinking, oh, what's going to happen? And I was already into all of the the, the 24-hour care 20 years from now. <laughs> when he's sick in the hospital, not knowing whether he's going to live or not. I said, whoa, 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 wait, buddy. Today, this is all we have to be concerned about this there what's the bible verse about that that jesus said there's enough care for the day don't borrow from tomorrow's care in other words just deal with what we have to now and in this moment so many good parallels with jesus's teaching and what we see here so much good stuff yeah welcoming all things i'd never seen that before that is like the advanced <laughs> That's the advanced course. <laughs> We're still on the kindergarten course. This is the master's course here, welcoming. Oh, my goodness. Ah, It just starts with slowing down in this moment, learning to breathe, just being, letting things be still a little more, shaking the mud a little less, instructing the sculpture. Sculptor, a little less as how to sculpt you.
4: <laughs> it's, the whole verse reminds me of to, and you use this a lot to body surrender to what is. Yes. that is when we're sitting here talking, and the whole thing is just to surrender to the world as it is, not as well how I want it to be. Right. That is. Uh,
0: There's one thing in there that it says the master is. The mat, and this is actually more of a description, more of a of how the master behaves, not a description of the master. Mm-hmm. It says the master's present, mm-hmm. and and that's what we're pointing to with all of this is being present. If I am present, it takes care of so much of this for us already automatically. If I can learn to be where my feet are, so much of this kind of melts fades away because if I'm present, I'm not into next week. I'm not into fixing and controlling and manipulating and managing. If I can see if if I'm in acceptance, that's what being present is is accepting the moment for what it is. Doesn't mean that I approve it or disapprove it. It means I'm just present with what is and compassion does that for me. It gets me into the moment. If I'm having trouble with my head, just go do something for someone and see if you don't become more present. Because you can only do that right now. So, Tina, when you're in Italy, how can you show some gratitude? Who can you help in that moment? How can you be grateful in that moment? That's where I try to go.
2: You know what? I was just thinking, thanks to Dennis, I was just thinking when he had said, go out and look at the churches. And yeah, that's such a good idea. And I I needed someone to give me permission to do that. I don't know why. And I am. When I am thinking, buddy, when you just said, what can you do for others? I'm a photographer. I could take pictures for them while they're enjoying their dinner. And that is something I love to do. And people would probably appreciate that. So thank you guys so much for your input. It's really given me hope. And that's sometimes all you need.
4: Yeah, that that actually works every time. And I had a good story with Buddy here because we taught this is many years ago or a couple of years ago, at least, where I couldn't understand because I see a lot of people in recovery that sometimes overdo it with others where they neglect to look at themselves. And I brought it up to Buddy and he came back a couple of days after and said, yeah, I don't really see it that way. And then I started practicing it after he said that because I thought, hey, I got to take care of me first. Yeah. But actually me being out there and do exactly what Buddy is saying, where can I fit in and help somebody else? In that exact moment, I do that act of love towards somebody else without expecting something back. I feel that love immediately. And that growth and presence there is just spectacular. And that took me a couple of years to get to that because I really thought that, hey, I can't transmit something I haven't got. So I have to take care of me first. That kind of went out the window with that. So, buddy, thank you for banging that in my, ha- in my head the, the right way, where I don't have to stand on the inside anymore and just do it. <laughs> That's it. And, and that does not
0: mean that we do overt actions of love. I don't know, some miraculous something. All that means is it might mean at Thanksgiving when I'm getting squirrely when they're telling the st- The same story the second time at the higher level of volume and they're drinking and it's starting to bother me that I just get up and start cleaning up the dishes or I go play with the kids or something so simple that we think it has to be some major thing, but it really doesn't. It can be these little things that can help to keep us right sized and in the moment
4: hmm and then the common thing that always comes and it's very simple for me other people smoking weed or drinking wine or whatever they're drinking it's not really a problem me doing that is a problem
0: (laughs) and they never care whether i'm doing it or not dennis (laughs) yeah they really didn't care i was surprised (laughs) they never cared Actually, they were glad, in some circles, they were glad I wasn't drinking and smoking because I showed my ass sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Drew, will you guys have a great week? I guess we won't see you next week, Tina. You'll be in Italy.
2: Is that right? Unless it's at a time that I need a meeting and can hop on and have Wi-Fi, then you'll see me.
0: It'll be in the afternoon. All right, guys. Will you guys have a great week? If you need anything, Tina, reach out. You know how to get in touch with us.
2: Yep. Thank you, guys.
0: You care, right. you guys. We, we can even have an impromptu meeting if you ever need it. You know that we're uh, not opposed to much. doing that.
2: I won't be afraid to ask for that. So thank you. Sure, thank you very
0: anytime, good. guys. That's good for anyone. We'll do that. So yep. you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you soon. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app. Daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.